I would like to greet you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Um, it is my first time to preach uh, to a Baptist congregation. Um, and coming here and sharing the word of God with you is uh, quite something. So I would like to thank God and I would like to thank this church for inviting me. Um, as Pastor Garabo said, my name is Noah. Uh, if you don't know what the Reformed Church or what, 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 I'm from the church next to McDonald's. That's, that's very simple, isn't it? Behind Nando's next is more, because we, when I talk about my church, I'm, I'm from Help America in South Africa uh, in Rosenberg, and people are like, what? No, no, uh, forget about it. I'm, the church, I'm from the church next to McDonald's. People are like, ah, that church. Uh, so I'm from there. So I suffer a lot because of the smell from the Nando's and the McDonald's coming, coming to our place. <laughs> Um, how are you doing nowadays? Um, our church, the, the Reformed Church, the, that church, uh, when we do not have an English service, we used to have an English service, and I was the pastor who was responsible for the, the, the whole congregation. But because of, due to certain reasons, we are not having any services nowadays. So instead of having services, I go to houses, to houses, to talk to people. And then I ask people, how are you? And then, uh, and then people are like, yeah. And then I said, Corona, ne? And people are feel like, Ish, yeah. <laughs> so nowadays, when I ask people, how are you? Everything can be summarized as Corona, <laughs> Corona, Ish. <laughs> so when Pastor Garabo told me that uh, he was busy preaching about the depression from, uh, uh, from the Book of Psalms, I was like, how nice, how appropriate to preach about the issue of depression from the Book of Psalms during this time. And then when he invited me to preach, so I immediately said to him, I'm going to preach from Psalm 88. Psalm 88. So that's what we are going to do. Read from Psalm 88. We are going to read the whole Psalm. I haven't preached for, since last March, so I'm, I'm very rusty, so please forgive me. Uh, Psalm 88 from verse 1, I'm reading from uh, English Standard Version, ESV. O Lord, God of my salvation, I cry out day and night before you. Let my prayer come before you. Incline your ear to my cry. For my soul is full of troubles, and my life draws near to Seoul. I am counted among those who go down to the pit. I am a man who has no strength, like one set loose among the dead, like the slain that lie in the grave. Like those 
whom you remember no more, for they are cut off from your hand. You have put me in the depth of the pit, in the region dark and deep. Your wrath lies heavy upon me, and you overwhelm me with all your waves. You have caused my companions to shun me. You have made me a horror to them. I am shut in so that I, I cannot escape. My eye grows dim through sorrow. Every day I call upon you, O Lord. I spread out, spread out my hands to you. Do you work wonders for the dead? Do the departed rise up to praise you? Selah. Is your steadfast love declared in the grave? Is your, is your faithfulness in Ab Abaddon? Are your wonders known in the darkness? Or your righteousness in the land of forgetfulness? But I, O Lord, cry to you. In the morning, my prayer comes before you. O Lord, why do you cast my soul away? Why do you hide your face from me? Afflicted and close to death from my youth up, I suffer your terror. I am helpless. Your wrath has swept over me. Your dreadful assaults destroy me. They surround me like a flood all day long. They close in on and they close on me together. You have caused my beloved and my friend to show me, and my companions have become darkness. Amen. Can you close our eyes and pray again? Have mercy on us, our Father in heaven. And as we are about to listen to your word, Please let your Holy Spirit govern our hearts so that our hearts may be opened to accept your word and receive your word and, be, and to be obedient to your word. We are nothing without you, Lord. We confess that. If there's any sins that we have, we have committed before you up to so far, please forgive our sins. Please cleanse our sins through the blood of Jesus Christ and help us to hear your voice in this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This psalm is a very unique psalm. It is because it's a very depressing psalm. When you go through the book of Psalms, yes, so many times you encounter problems and pains and sufferings. But at the same time, you see hope, you see redemption. The, the psalmists often see how, how, who God is and what God is going to do. So in that, they end up praising God and worshiping God. But not this psalm. It's a very depressing psalm. It's full of negative words. And it, this psalm ends with the word darkness. No, no, but I still praise you and worship you. My companion is darkness. My closest friend is darkness. 
The end. And also this psalm looks like very un-Christian. Because when you read 1 John chapter 1, verse 6, If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we, we like and do not practice the truth. So if there is any darkness in Christian lives, something is wrong. But this psalmist is saying, darkness is my friend. This word darkness appears twice in this psalm. In, if, you, if you include the word dark, it is, appears three times in this psalm. We are told that one of the signs of the fruit of the Holy Spirit is joy. So we need to rejoice always. We need to smile. We need to be happy all the time. If we don't smile, something's wrong. We are people who even sing during the funerals. Can you imagine? Somebody died. Somebody died, but we still sing. We still praise. We still worship. Because we believe in this joy. But something's wrong in this psalm. And when you think about our Christian lives and the people are saying, yes, our Christian lives should be about joy, only joy, and triumphs, and victories. And their testimonies that we hear about, it becomes all about God's blessing, God's physical blessings, and triumph, and, and miracles. And then if you suffer, if you go through pains and sufferings, something's wrong. Let's go deeper into our psalm today. This psalm is full of negative words, troubles, seol, meaning the grave, sorrow, no strength, uh, among the dead, Abaddon is a place of destruction, the grave, etc. I can understand why, because in verse 15, afflicted and close to death from my youth up, I suffer your terrors, I am helpless. Whatever the, the problem was, this problem has been around, the, uh, the, around the, in the lives of this psalmist from very young, for, for very, very long time. In verse 14, O oh Lord, why do you cast my soul away? Why do you hide your face from me? Hiding God's face is opposite to the blessing God has given in the book of Leviticus. It's very famous uh, words. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. It's in Numbers uh, 6 verse 23 to 25. This psalm is saying, God stopped 
his covenantal blessing to him. He is saying, I'm alone, O God. God of salvation, you are not saving me. You are not doing your job. Depression, as uh, Pastor Garabo has been preaching for quite some time, is also one of my things. If I share my testimony briefly, during my school years, 12 years of school years, primary and high school, out of 12 years, about seven, eight years, I was bullied at school. And so I didn't have many friends. And after the graduating my high school, I came to South Africa in 2000. And then I, my whole family came, but my family immediately left due to various reasons. So I was left alone. Since then, I've been living alone in South Africa in, or in Africa for over 18 years, 19 years, 20 years, something. So you can see that from my life experience, I'm very, very well familiar with depression or loneliness. One of the conclusions that when I think about depression or loneliness, one of the conclusions that I've made is this. Depression is about death. Is about death. Is about finiteness. Us being finite. When I came here, I was surprised to see this. Heavens and the earth will pass away. Everything will pass away. I will pass away and you will pass away. Falling short of our own hope, expectations, times, abilities, finances, well-being, and love is the cause of all depression. That's the time of where we live in right now. Let me remind you again. Corona, ne? Eish. And this psalm shows exactly what you may go through nowadays. Because things are not going well according to our plans. There are a few things God is teaching us from this psalm. One, He accepts our weaknesses, uncertainty, and doubts. That's why he even accepts and receives the prayers like this psalm. This psalm with full of complaints and full of pains and sufferings, with no worship. The difference between the uh, person called Job in the book of Job and the, the three, actually four brothers that you see in the book of Job, even though both parties, both groups, they are busy complaining. Job wasn't perfect. He thought he was perfect. He says, I'm, oh God, I'm righteous before you. In the end, he said, no, you aren't. 
both groups were complaining. And Job was saying, please kill me. This pain is too much. Even though both, both groups were uh, busy complaining, one group was busy complaining to Job, and Job was complaining to God. His address was not to the people around. His address for his complaints was towards God, towards heaven. Even though this psalm might sound like blasphemous to God, because it's full of complaints and sound like, oh, you are not here. You are like dead people. You are, you are like dead God to me. This psalm is addressed to God. Even though he's saying, you are not saving me, God of salvation, he is still saying this to God himself. He doesn't abandon God even though God seems to be doing nothing for him. Even if you think you know for certain that God cannot do anything for you, and God is not doing anything for you, God will not do anything for you, but still you decide to choose God, you still decide to stick with God, you still decide to believe in God, no matter what. That's called faith. That's called saving faith. That's called trust. You don't believe in God for something else. You love God for loving Him. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. This psalm is saying, even though there are so many problems, the Lord is my salvation. I shall not want anything else. I need you. I want you in our life, in my life. Please come. Do your job, please. Save me. His prayer, his prayer was towards God himself. That's something that we should have to crying out to him no matter what, praying to him no matter what, is the key for our Christian lives. Honest heart, you confess God, is far better than any fancy sacrifices that are not genuine. So coming to church can be in vain. You can be like uh, the, those Pharisees and uh, Pharisees. Oh Lord, I I, I fast street, uh, I fast all the time, and I, I I offer a lot of money, and I do all these things. But God accepts the honest confession to Him. Just like the tax collector who said, please have mercy on me, a sinner. When we do it, according to uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 to 6, 
It says, do not be anxious about, uh, about anything, and in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, you let your requests be, known, be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. He's not saying, when you pray, God is going to make you understand everything. But God, is, but God is going to give us something that is far beyond our human understanding, which is the peace of God. Peace of God. When we pray, the gracious God will show himself to you. I love this psalm because it's a part of our about part of our Bible. It wasn't like oh, this book is about perfect people. No, this book is also about full of failures, full of pains, and full of sufferings. But what's the consistent message throughout the Bible? God's people fail every time. But God's love remains faithful. And He is gracious. And that grace of God and that peace of God will be upon you when we pray. Number two, because He knows what, you, uh, what we are, he knows exactly what to do with us. When you go through the depression and pain, it makes us to have a, a reality check. A reality that we are finite. We have limits. And we will eventually face death. This is the, one of the reasons why book of Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 2 says it is better to go to the house of mourning or house of sadness than to go to the house of feasting. What is he saying? It's better to go to where the pain is instead of going to the place where only, there is only joy. Why? Because when you face death, when you face sufferings and pains, you have the reality, reality check. Realizing our finite, uh, finiteness makes us so wise that it leads us to the infinite God who is eternal. Uh, if I have to go to a desert island and live, live there for the rest of my life, and then God says, you can only choose only certain portion from the Bible with you, then there's a one passage that I will take. That's called Beatitude. It's from the book of Matthew, chapter 5, from verse 1. Onwards, it says, uh, blessed are those Remember those passages? 
this passage, I love this, this passage so much that I can preach about for hours and hours. But let me simplify what, I'm, what I know about. It starts with being poor in spirit. What's the being poor in spirit? What, what does it mean? Happy are you who are poor in spirit? What does that mean? It means you know, you realize that you've got nothing, you, you've got nothing to offer to God. You've got nothing to present to God. You've got nothing good in you. Only thing that is in you without God is sin. When you realize that you've got nothing, then you become poor in spirit. When you are poor in spirit, when you, when you realize you've got nothing, and you cry, blessed are those who mourn. When you are mourning, when you are crying, Lord, I've got nothing. Just like this psalm, I've got nothing. Without you, I'm suffering. I'm just full of pains and suffering and distress. When you are crying, you become meek. Uh, when you become humble. And, the, and the, the list goes on. When you think about it, when God uses somebody in the Bible for his kingdom, Every time he uses a certain person to, for his kingdom, he makes this person nothing to make, make something out of this nothing. Let's think about Abraham. Abraham could have born the next born Isaac when he was younger. But he was, uh, he gave, uh, Sarah, his wife, gave birth to uh, Isaac how old was he? How old was she? How old was she? She was 89 years old. And Abraham was 100 years old. Give or take, 99. What does the book of Romans says? Abraham was biologically dead. So God was waiting for him to be nothing, to be dead. So when they, when they gave birth to a son, he, God, decided to continue the God's people through that generation. What about Moses? God could have used him when he was a prince of Egypt. What did he do? Nothing, basically. Of course, he was in he was in charge. But Moses was like, oh, I'm the prince of Egypt. Oh, I think I can save people by violence, by force, by power. But he fails and he runs away. And he, he, he lives in the desert area for another 40 years. And when he became 80 years old, all of a sudden, God calls him, say, you, I'm going to use you 
to lead my people out of the land of slavery. Not when he was a prince, when he was something, but when Moses was a shepherd. Have you ever shepherding flocks for 40 years? In the desert area, doing nothing, just watching those flocks and the sheep walking around, becoming 80 years old. And what about David? David was, was, was disregarded by his family. And Samuel came to his family and said, are, are these all the members of your family? No, 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 no. But youngest one is busy uh, taking care of my, our business out there. But don't worry about him. But God calls David, and he anoints him to, to be the king of Israel. And what about Jesus Christ? Yes, he was glorious at the end. But what does the book of Philippians chapter 2 says? He emptied himself and he became nothing. So when we go through, our, when you live our life, Christian lives, so many times the pains and sufferings, death, encounter us. When this reality encounter us, we realize, yes, we are finite. Without God, we are nothing. Without His help, we are nothing. We have fallen short of glory of God. We are dead in sin. Martin Luther said, God created the world out of nothing. And as long as we are nothing, He can make something out of us. How beautiful is that? The pains and sufferings makes us realize that we are not the owner of this world. This coronavirus, what, does God, what is God teaching us? This world is not our own. If it's our own, we should have controlled everything. We should be able to control things. The reason why this is out of our control is because this whole world doesn't belong to us. Then it belongs to whom? To the one who is sitting on the throne in heaven. When we go through pains and sufferings, yes, it is difficult. Yet it is so painful. As I said, you must pray. We all must pray. But at the same time, it makes us that, yes, Lord, you are our everything. Is God your everything to you? So many times in, on the news, so many times around us, people think 
they can fix the world. People think they can fix their own problems. When you read the news, it's like the politics has become their gods. Thinking, oh, the politics can solve all the problems in the world. They cannot. Nothing can. Until you realize the Lord is your shepherd, you shall not be in want. Depression makes us realize that we are truly without God. How much you realize that is also um, it goes along with how much you think of God. You think of God's grace. If you think you are you are sinner this much then only God's grace is this much to you. But if you think you are, you are a sinner this much, God's grace, His forgiveness, and His redemption becomes this much. How do we know? Because we see in the life of Jesus, he was the one who went through this darkness. Remember when he was on the cross, everything became dark. And then Jesus was crying, Oh my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you turned your face against me? Just like the psalmist. But because he died, but because he was risen from the dead, the, because he is risen and that he is in heaven, he ascended into the king in heaven, kingdom in heaven, sitting there victorious. The fact that he is coming down again to bring us to his place, to bring us to his kingdom. That should be our only hope. The fact that Jesus had to go through all this darkness that the psalmist had, had to go through. People left and darkness became his, his best friend. That's what Jesus went through for us. That's how, he, how much he loves us. That's how much He loves you. Remember this. No matter what happens in our lives, nothing can surpass His love. I might die tomorrow due, due to COVID. No, not tomorrow, because if I die tomorrow, due to COVID, then you have to be in quarantine for 15 days. <laughs> so let me die in 16 days or something. <laughs> Nobody knows. 
I might die on, the, on, the, on my way uh, back home. Even though I might die, or I am dying maybe, but still, His grace, His uh, graciousness remains forever, remains faithful to you. So I hope in this time of depression and pains and sufferings, God is encouraging you. God is comforting you. Amen? Okay. Let's close our eyes. Can we all pray about for a minute all together? Let's pray, Lord. So many times when the darkness comes, when, when pains and suffering comes, we become complacent and we, we become very, we complain to you all the time and your grace becomes, uh, your grace isn't enough. Your grace isn't sufficient for us. Please forgive our sins and help us to realize that you are our God of salvation. You are our shepherd and we shall not be in want. And let's pray. Almighty God, thank you so much for saving us sinners. Even though we, are, we didn't deserve to receive your salvation, you, you still decide to love us before the creation of this world. And you have decided, you decided to send your own son to die for us on the cross. Jesus, who went, who experienced all the darkness and all the pains and all the loneliness and all the sufferings that we may go through,
and he died and he rose again from the dead he came out of the tomb victorious we thank you for giving him as our Lord and as our Savior it is difficult nowadays to remember how gracious you are because there, are, there seems to be so many problems and pains in our lives even though our hearts may be full of complaints give us the faith to stand before you and give us the faith to cry out to you even though we don't feel any thankfulness on our, in our lives we only have only bitterness still help us to cry out, cry out to you and pray to you and spread, uh, spread our hands to you and to you alone and help us uh, help, please please hear our prayers hear our cries and give us the peace that comes from heaven which is beyond all the understanding of man and help us realize how finite we are how 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 much we are limited by death by so many other things of this world help us to uh, dependent on you and you alone and help us to cling to you no matter what we know we confess that nothing can separate separate us from from your love so many times we forget that help us to remember always that you love us so much and we have Christ Jesus as our Lord as our king as our comfort as our love so for that we thank you and we bless you and we worship you in the name of jesus christ our lord and savior we pray amen